So we just wrapped up our second episode and we had a lot of fun talking about um, our testimonies and our early marriage. And just we hope that you stick around to the end so that you can hear some words of encouragement about how God uses every story for his glory. What started as a Saturday morning coffee date turned into a podcast where we chat about things like faith, family, finances, and so much more. We're just a husband and wife living this devoted life, and we're here to help you live this devoted life too. Welcome back, everyone. We are currently starting episode number two. So episode one was the why behind what we're doing with this podcast. And hopefully in episode two, we are going to be discussing a little bit of our history. We're going to be sharing with you our testimonies, um, how James and I both came to know the Lord. We're going to tell a little bit about early marriage and um, just how we met and just kind of the foundation of that. And the reason that we want to share this with you today is just so that you can know a little bit more about who we are. So in episodes moving forward, you can then better have an understanding of just our past. Because a lot of times when you know someone's history, it gives you a better understanding into how and why they do and say the things that they do. Yeah. Kind of the where we came from and yeah. where we're at and hopefully where we're headed. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll start out with my testimony. Yeah. Let's um, start there. I grew up in a Christian home. I uh, am very thankful for the foundation that my parents laid. Um, I actually asked Jesus into my heart when I was a little girl. Um, I was probably three or four years old, so I don't have an exact date that I got saved, but I do remember very specifically the night that I decided to make that decision. Um, my mom had just finished reading me the story of Jonah, and I remember telling her that I didn't want to run from God mm -hmm. anymore, which sounds so silly, maybe for like a three or four year old to say, but like that just kind of shows the understanding that I had. You were kind of a rebel. I was. I was a little <laughs> sinner. <laughs> um, but no, I, I understood the gospel message and I told her that I wanted to ask Jesus into my heart. And so we prayed a very simple childlike faith prayer and it was funny because I remember my mom saying that we needed to call my dad and tell him because he was working a night shift um, when I got saved. So we called him up and my dad was a little skeptical that a three or four year old could ask Jesus into her heart and like fully understand, mm -hmm. you know, the commitment that I was making. And so I said, Daddy, I asked Jesus into my heart. And so he was like, well, what's he doing in there? <laughs> and I don't remember this exact part, but my dad tells it very or remembers it very vividly. He said, you paused for a long time and then you said, well, he's cleaning. And he said, I knew in that moment that in a very childlike faith way, you fully grasped the gospel, mm -hmm. that Jesus came into your heart and he was making you clean again. And yeah. so that's my testimony as far as like how I came to know the Lord. Um, you know, like I said, I'm very thankful that um, I had that foundation from a very young age that I had a family, a mom and a dad who loved the Lord and uh, had a godly heritage. I actually have a very similar testimony, at least from the age frame that uh, uh, I accepted Christ. So my story kind of starts in front of my grandma's house. So my parents were building a house and we actually lived at my grandma's for, I think a couple of years. And my mom and I were out front. I vividly remember sitting by this big maple tree. Um, there was a park bench there 
and we're just sitting there chatting and she started asking me different questions. Uh, she was very, uh, a very deep introspective thinker and she always encouraged me to be, uh, similar. And so she just started asking me different questions, uh, about, you know, where do you think you came from and all different, uh, very deep, but also kid surface level questions. And I remember her asking, how do you get to heaven? And I said, well, you know, you got to be really good. Or, you know, I think you have to go to church like all the time, things like that. And, uh, you know, graciously, she told me I was wrong <laughs> and that uh, you needed to accept Jesus into your heart. And uh, and I did that. And I, I remember very vividly uh, understanding that it is, you know, his dying on the cross and raising again and uh, me accepting him as my personal Lord and Savior. And so, uh, again, that was a very young age. I think I was just under four years old and that's my testimony. So, my parents are first generation Christians and your legacy actually goes a lot deeper than that. It does. Yeah. Um, I remember my grandparents and great grandparents, at least on my mom's side, were wonderful Christian people who truly did love the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think what's neat, um, you know, about our testimonies is the fact that it really just does show how simple the gospel really is. And it just shows you that even a child can fully understand that God loves them, that he died for them, and that he wants them to come to him. Yeah. You know, yeah. let the little children come to me is what he told his disciples. And, you know, that is our testimony. And it's funny because I actually had a conversation with a friend um, it was a year or two ago. And I was sharing with her my testimony and I told her, I said, sometimes I feel like it's, it's not a great testimony. Like I've <laughs> I, like, you know, you hear of these people who have just walked really hard roads and you see this beautiful story of redemption in their lives. And, um, and so I, but she said, you, you should never discount your testimony. She said, because what you just told me gives me hope that my children can have a testimony like that someday. And it really just put into perspective for me. Um, like how God can use every single testimony, no matter what road you have walked, the moment that you come to him, he's given you that particular story and he wants to use that to further his kingdom. Yeah, I totally agree. And then also going back to what you said about, you know, Christ saying, suffer the little children to come unto me. It's also an encouragement that we as parents need to be sharing Christ with our yes, children, most definitely. not only, you know, as they get older, but most importantly, from a very young age, because even if they don't accept Christ at a young age, it really builds that foundation in their formidable years. And it's, I think it's a very, very important part. Um, I, I, there's some psychologists who say that kids pretty much have things figured out by the ages of, you know, between three and five, you know, they, <laughs> they kind of know how to pick us apart and they know how we tick. And, uh, yeah, so we just need to be, uh, working on them <laughs> from a young age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We definitely want to lay that foundation so that when the Holy Spirit is working on them, they have the information that they know how to respond to the yeah. Holy Spirit's calling. Yeah. So throughout this podcast series, uh, we'll obviously 
obviously get a lot deeper into our childhoods and, you know, just all the, all through the rest of our life. But you want to fast forward to kind of how we met and kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it's funny because I, I attended a small community college and, um, this was in Michigan. Um, I went to Lansing community college I didn't really know what I wanted to do outside of high school. Um, If you had asked me at a very young age, like I would have told you I wanted to be a mom. So, I mean, even though I graduated really high in my class and did really well in high school, once it came time to graduate, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really want to go away to a four-year college um, because I didn't have anything specific in mind that I wanted to do. So I remember, you know, talking to my dad about it and I just said, you know, I'm going to go to a community college, just get my basics out of the way. And, um, while I was there, I met some really good friends who attended Michigan state. Well, one weekend, one of my friends, um, who I got to know really well, um, actually, um, we did some hurricane relief when during the hurricane down in Louisiana. So I really got to know her very well. Um, but she was telling me that her and some of her friends were going up to Michigan Tech, which is where you went to school. Yep. And, Go Huskies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they um, all decided that they were going to travel up there. And this was not something that I would normally do. Like for Shanda to travel 10 hours <laughs> up up north with a bunch of, you know, college students was just not really my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh it was just, it was funny because I had a class that afternoon. And so I was getting out a little later and they were like, oh, you know, we'll wait for you. And once you get out of class, we'll all go. Well, I got out of class and I had a voicemail because I had terrible signal in class. And it said, hey, just so you know, we left without you, but we left Sarah to travel with you. And at the time I didn't know who Sarah was. I was like, who is Sarah? You know? Right, right. Um, and so I called my mom and I was just like, I don't really want to go, but now if I don't go, Sarah can't go. And I was like, but for some reason I really do feel like I should be going. It was just like a very out of character thing for me, but I really felt, I I told my mom, I said, I feel like the Lord wants me to go up there. I said, I know that sounds so silly, like (laughs) to go and travel 10 hours up North and for winter carnival up at Michigan tech. And Mm -hmm. I did anyways, you know, and that weekend, um, my really good friend, her boyfriend lived with James. And so we ended up staying in a house with like 26 people or yeah, something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, it mid-20s. Was like, it was kind of a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. So there were 10 of us that lived in this house, uh, 10 guys uh, up at the bridge house at Michigan Tech. So we, uh, it was like, you know, over doubled uh, the size of our <laughs> capacity <Yeah. laughs> that weekend. Um, what's actually kind of neat is that she is now married to that guy that she was dating at yeah. the time. And so yep. we can still get together with them and hang out. But um, the night that I met you, um, guess maybe I'll let you tell that story. Uh, you had your snowmobile up at Michigan Tech. Yeah. So we, um, again, we were not partiers by any stretch, you know, throughout the years or whatever, but obviously had a good time, you know, and the bridge house was awesome. We had, uh, it was just never a dull moment there, but I had my, <laughs> well, actually the, the weekend that I met them or met James, like all of the guys in this house were growing their hair out and yeah. their beards out <laughs> because they were going to have a mullets and mustache party. Yeah. Like, so, uh, two or three weeks after this weekend, we we're going to have a big mullets and mustache <laughs> party. And, so uh, yeah, that, that's a whole nother story for a different time. But, uh, um, but I looked extra 
disgusting um, that weekend, which is uh, just proof that the Lord wanted us together. <laughs> but, I could see through it. <laughs> yeah, she could. She could. So I had my snowmobile up at Michigan Tech. And for anyone who knows, it's up in the Keweenaw Peninsula. Um, and we literally get over 300 inches of snow a year up there. And uh, I mean, obviously it fluctuates a little bit, but it's significant amount of snowfall. So it's literally a winter paradise for anyone who enjoys snowmobiling, skiing, things like that. But uh, long and short of it is, uh, for some reason, I asked three different girls if they wanted to go on a snowmobile ride with me. So evidently, that was my pickup line for uh, that that uh, time in my life. It worked for me. <laughs> right. So uh, the, the first one, um, I think she said no. Or no, You asked her. What happened was is you took all three of us for rides oh, and on right. each yeah. ride you asked the first girl if she wanted to drive or no the first girl you didn't even ask because you didn't trust her you're to drive. right yeah she was a little crazy and i was like man i just don't think that i trust her <laughs> driving my snowmobile <laughs> yeah, and then the second girl you asked her if she wanted to drive and she said no and then third girl this girl right here um you asked if she wanted to drive and i most definitely said um yes yeah for sure yeah you, you said that that's what won your heart over i think we actually have a picture of you and i when we got bag like you were literally we like do. holding me up in front of the snowmobile it was just like yeah yeah, yeah. so uh <laughs> yeah kind of a random story but that was the beginning of you know really fun uh friendship and yeah, yeah we, I mean, we uh, were 10 hours away and so we yeah. had a very long distance relationship to where we were just talking mm -hmm. constantly um for like hours every night, you know, yeah. we just sit and talk. And, um, you know, it's funny cause I've, I, when we lived in Tennessee, uh, for a few years, we worked with, um, they called it like the young singles group. And I remember a girl asking me, well, do you think that a long-term or a long distance relationship is good? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, for us it was. And the reason that I said that was because, I knew someone, you know, my good friend knew you personally and was able to almost like collaborate um, to verify mm -hmm. that what you were telling me is who you really were. Sure. And so we were able to have like a lot of really deep discussions. Um, it, I mean, it's actually really funny because it was during this time that we <laughs> talked about everything. Yeah. I think we literally talked about, um, I mean, this was before we even got engaged. We discussed. Yeah real or fake Christmas trees. Like that was like, it's like, okay, if we ever get married, like, are you a real tree person or a fake tree person? I was like, is there anything other than a real tree? And he was like, okay, check. Yep. Check that box. Um, and then we also discussed like how many kids we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. um, Which she said two, and I secretly wanted three total. So this is uh, a little insight into how I negotiate pretty much everything. <laughs> but so I said four, thinking that we would settle on three. Well, the joke's on me because we have four kids yes, now. And so. you would never trade it for anything. You're right. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we had just discussed everything yeah. from finances. Yep. We even discussed how, um, you and I both had stay-at-home moms growing up. Um, once uh, my sister and I were both in school, my mom started working within our school district because I went to a public school and you went to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. um, but during those young, formidable years, we talked about how, you know, if we ever got married, like, would you want to stay home with the kids? And I said, yeah. that would that is ultimately my goal. And so we, we had just got to discussed absolutely everything i feel like prior to even getting engaged um yep. 
Yeah, we talked about a lot. And again, I can actually be the over communicator in the relationship, especially early on. Now I feel like we kind of are, are a very good blend uh, for each other. But mm-hmm. You know, kind of going back to what I said about my uh, testimony in my mother's um, influence on my life, she was very, very much a, a communicator. And we did, I mean, um, you know, going back to our early relationship, I mean, we talked a lot. And and it wasn't like, okay, you know, here's, you're, you're being interrogated. Yeah, no, it's it wasn't It's more that of like, hey, I think we need to at least have this foundation to build upon. And if we're off, we either need to reconcile that early on or at least understand, you know, maybe where our differences are. And fortunately, um, you know, I mean, we both come from a Baptist church background. So we had, even though there were kind of different ends of, um, you know, the spectrum, you know, within the Baptist church that we came from, at least we had a common mm-hmm. common faith, a common understanding. The foundation and was the same. Very much so, yeah. yeah. so like all of the things that were important to us are things that we aligned on. Um, In fact, actually, after we got engaged and we started doing marriage counseling with your pastor, because I actually moved in with his family. um, Yeah, didn't move in with me, per se. She moved into my uh, family's household. Yeah, Yeah, moved in with his family before we were even engaged. I mean, we knew we were going to be getting married. Um, But after we got You knew for sure. Okay, I knew for sure. (laughs) I'm a slow mover. I'm an engineer, very calculated. She had it figured out. And I was your first girlfriend. Um, yeah, first, definitely first real girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you had, I mean, you had told me that you prayed very specifically that you would meet your future wife your second semester of your senior year of college. Yeah, and I walked in in February of your senior year of college. Yeah, and so, so quick little reset on that. Um, I was very, very involved in sports throughout high school. You know, or actually just as a young child through high school, even college. Played some college baseball, and um, so between sports, hunting, fishing, outdoors um, stuff. I um, yeah, again, I had plenty of, you know, friends that were girls, uh, but I never had a serious relationship in on purpose. And literally, like she said, a second week, I think it was, I went back, it's like February 7th, I think was the day that we met. Um, and, you know, you go back to school, what, you know, the January 20th or whatever, after uh, Christmas break. And, yeah, it was, you know, two or three weeks into my second semester senior year, she literally walked into my life. Like uh, we, we um, you know, crossed paths on the, the stairway in the bridge house as someone else was giving her a little tour of the house. So moral so. of the story is, is never discount praying for yeah. very specific things in your life. Yeah. Because yep. if it's meant to be, God will definitely honor those requests. Totally. You know, yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, um, you know, fast back forward to our marriage counseling, it was um, kind of funny because we had had so many long distance conversations with all of this that we talked about. Um, We met with our, with your pastor yes, and we sat down and he had given us a workbook to go through and he started asking us all these questions and he finally looked at us, closed the book and said, well, I don't think there's anything that you guys have not discussed. So if you think of something, please let me know. But other than that, I think like you're ready, you know, type of thing. And we just kind (laughs) of laughed. We're like, is this normal? And he's like, no, but I, 
I can just tell you guys have communicated a lot, which is a credit to you because I, you know, like, like you said, I actually had to learn to communicate. I was not a communicator by nature. Um, and so early in marriage, I remember like having some conversations because (laughs) you would want to discuss something right away. And I had to, we had to communicate with one another and I had to say, I need some time to process this before we talk. Otherwise, you're going to get like emotional Shanda. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to have logical <laughs> Shanda. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then you also had to come to me and you said, I need you to communicate with me more because I don't know what I don't know. Right. You yep. know, and so communication just became a huge foundation of our marriage, which started before we were ever even engaged. And I, like I said, I give you a lot of credit for you know, starting that. And I mean, I think you learned to not to be an over communicator as well. Because I did. Yeah. No, I had to adjust the other way. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate you uh, um, saying that. And, you know, I, you probably hear this a lot um, as we talk through all kinds of different areas of our life, but I, I, I think I said to you, I'm not a good guesser, you right. know, so <laughs> don't just assume or don't just want me to figure it out. There's no reason. I also have pretty thick skin, right? You know, so if you have an issue with something that I'm doing or not doing, like, let me know, like, just tell me. Yeah, I would rather know. And even if I respond incorrectly and I get frustrated or angry or hurt or whatever, I view that as my problem at that point, not your problem in saying something right. uh, to me. Because again, A, I open that door and B, now I have something to work on and I have something to uh, do better at. Yeah. So I think you even told me, you were like, you're not allowed to be mad at me if you have not communicated yeah. with me. Like you, like I, I, like you said, I'm like not a good guesser. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm not a good guesser. So I need you to tell me if there's something that I need to fix. You can't just assume that I'm noticing what I need to for fix, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the story about our pastor and the counseling and things like that, that's not to say like we're some perfect, you know, couple oh, or perfect not. being or, <laughs> or to, you know, say like, Hey, we had it all figured out, but more of just the importance of communication, um, and the importance of just collaborating and, you know, we're never, ever going to agree on everything. Oh, no, you there's know. been a lot we've disagreed yeah, on over the years. But at the same time, at least we knew where we disagreed mm-hmm. and we were able to, um, over time, probably grow a lot closer. Mm-hmm. You know, you move this way, I move this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, Lord willing, we always move closer to God in doing that. Right. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time in our life. And honestly, I can genuinely say that the last 15 years, which by the way, we are coming up on our 15 year anniversary and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, been a fun journey of Unride. It has. Yeah. I'm very thankful for the journey that we've been on. And, you know, like you said, you know, you're over here, I'm over here and we're hopefully growing closer together and closer to God. Um, I remember one of the conversations that we had while we were dating was, um, you gave me the picture of a triangle, which maybe a lot of people have heard this before, but I remember, um, at that time I had never heard the illustration before of, you know, God is the top and here you and I are. And the closer we grow to God, the closer we are going to grow together. So if you think of a triangle as the three points of you, me, and God, Mm -hmm. the closer we grow up the sides of that triangle towards God, the closer we're growing together. And yep. 
you know, after 15 years of marriage, we can definitely, you know, attest to that. And, um, you know, this podcast started as a Saturday morning coffee date. And it's like, why did we have a Saturday morning coffee date? Is because even 15 years into our marriage, we still know the value of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. On it, the daily. It's literally more important than ever. And yeah, as we get pulled so many different ways with career and just, you know, having kids. four kids <laughs> and all the different activities and the different directions that we're pulled on a daily basis that, Regular communication, reset, and uh, collaboration is extremely important. So honestly, I uh, I think that covers where yeah. we came from. And we also want to uh, just hopefully this is an encouragement. And if you have a significant different past than we have, um, again, like Shanda alluded to earlier with our testimonies and things like that, don't, don't look at that as a negative. Um, your past is a story that you can share with others and that only you uh, can resonate with that person um, in that certain way. And you may be the only Bible that they ever read. And so I want you to be encouraged and fueled by your past. If you feel like you have a lot of regrets, don't look at them as regrets. Look at them as opportunities to connect with people and to uh, just continue to grow and learn. And if you don't have any regrets, don't don't look back, um, you know, conceitedly or that you're better than someone else either. Again, we all have different opportunities in our life and different challenges. And again, I just want you to be energized by where we came from. This is part of our story. This is how God has led us from, you know, then till now. Um, but you may be able to reach people that we would never, ever be able to reach because of the things that you've experienced and accomplished and uh, um, dealt with in your lives. Yeah, ultimately, it's about God and doing things for his glory. And he wants to use each and each individual person for his glory, you know. And so our goal with this podcast is just to continue to encourage you to just live out the life that God has called you to yes. and to live it victoriously, to live it with purpose and just to um, live it full to the hilt, you know, and just, mm -hmm. um, to seek God and just to continue to grow and just to continue, you know, that whole process of sanctification that we talked about in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That'll preach. <laughs> Shake that bush. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Well, I think that's a wrap for now. Hope you come back and join us in the future. Seek God, love your spouse, hug your kids and stay devoted. <laughs>